Panning the Globe to bring you the latest in Disney news. This is Mouse Planet Watch. Welcome to Mouse Planet Watch, episode 15, for April 19th, 2007. And now, the news. We start off Mass Planet Watch, as always, with the Walt Disney World update, brought to you by Small World Vacations, Mass Planet's preferred Disney travel provider. You can find them on the web at www.vacations.com. First, a correction, thanks to some listener feedback. Ray Kastner writes, Mark, you kept saying Three Amigos when talking about the New Mexico ride. It's the Three Caballeros. Ray... I've got no idea why I was doing that, especially since I prefer Donald, Jose, and Panchito to Steve, Martin, and Chevy. Not that they're bad, but... So, yes, the attraction in the Mexico Pavilion is the Gran Fiesta Tour starring the Three Caballeros, and anything that I may have said last week while recording after 3 a.m. about the Three Amigos was slightly incorrect. Thanks for pointing that out, Ray. Mike, what are you going to do when we don't have these late-night records to blame everything on? Uh, I won't make mistakes. Oh, that's <laughs> amazing. I, I'm impressed. Well, yeah. you can show me now, right now. Now, now I, I have this great swampland in Florida if you'd, love to, if you'd like to buy it. Well, Walt Disney bought a lot of swampland, and look what happened. And that's true. But uh, do, you have, uh, do you have the millions of dollars to do the uh, land work? Well, don't you know? I was a Walt Disney World cast member. I am a billionaire. Actually, I'm a billionaire for my stock at Disney. So. Yeah, yeah, that's what you're doing in the podcast. All right. So. It's a passion. <laughs> now to the actual news. Uh, we start with news of the Extreme Makeover Spaceship Earth Edition. Yes, Spaceship Earth uh... is changing. Uh, thankfully, it is not going to be the uh, roller coaster that they were originally talking about or rumored to be talking about. However, the theme is going to be changing. For the last 25 years, Spaceship Earth uh, has been telling the story of communication throughout the ages. Uh, thanks to new sponsor Siemens, the new, the new storyline is going to show how each generation of mankind has invented the future for the next generation and how the spirit of innovation has moved people from the caves to the cosmos, according to the press release. Um, now, since Siemens has a half million employees in 190 different countries and has dozens of uh, subsidiaries with different products, it kind of makes sense that they want to move towards the theme of innovation and invention, uh, or intervention. No, not interventions, it's Spaceship Earth. But how they're moving towards that theme uh, as a way to mesh with their sponsorship. But the, we're going to see uh, new show scenes. Um, all the existing scenes are going to see new lighting effects, costumes, set decoration. There's going to be new narration and a new musical score. So it looks like not much is going to remain the same, but so far the signs are that Siemens is very concerned with retaining the feel of the original attraction, which is a good uh, sign. Uh, the original Spaceship Earth logo with a slight Siemens enhancement has been seen in the post-show area, 
Uh, now the post show is well. We'll get to the post show in a minute. First, we'll just say that um, the storyline hits the present when you get to the top of the dome where you've got the starry sky scene now. And then interactive touchscreens aboard each ride vehicle will allow guests to create their own visions of the future and see themselves in that future. Huh. That Which, reminds me of another attraction, Mark. Yeah, that sounds kind of like the uh, final portion of Horizons, where you could choose your future of space, land, or undersea. Um, could this be Disney listening to its fans? It's possible. But I'm very curious to see how they uh, accomplish that. And then at the conclusion, you get the brand new post show, uh, which is going to be called Project Tomorrow, Inventing the World of Tomorrow. The new interactive exhibits, which, as we reported earlier, were created by Carnegie Mellon University's Entertainment Technology Center. Going to have the exhibits showing the future of medicine, transportation, and responsible energy management, which are three areas of Stevens' business. Project Tomorrow's first phase opens up later in April. Uh, They're going to have an illuminated globe 20 feet in diameter showing inspirational images. And then they're going to have a 3D game simulating Siemens technology developed to perform remote surgeries um, where you are going to be assembling a digital human body. That one's going to be called Bodybuilder. And then another one called Super Driver is a driving simulation that's going to feature... Accident and avoidance systems designed are developed by Siemens. So that's going to open later this month. And then at some point during the summer, uh, probably after the July 4th rush, the main attraction is going to close uh, to start the refurbishment. Just Project Tomorrow open to entertain guests. Um, Now they're talking about the work is going to be done in phases which would mean that it might uh, close for the second half of the summer and then reopen for a peak in that a peak period and then close again and reopen. The overall attraction and post-show isn't going to be complete until early 2008, though rumors are that the main attraction will be open in November. Again, there's no solid dates on this yet. But uh, we'll see. As we get more information, we'll let you know. Um, But it's good to see that at least some of the work that's being done is intended to keep the original feel of the attraction that is being worked on. Uh, A quick note that the Waldorf Astoria and Hilton Hotels at Bonnet Creek have broken ground. They originally had planned to break ground at the end of last year, um, so they're a little bit behind. There's no word yet on whether that's going to delay their planned opening uh, during the summer of 2009. The contract negotiations between Disney and the Service Trades Council Union does appear to be making progress. Uh, of course, they have not uh, gotten through the economics portion of the negotiations as we're recording this, but they've got some tentative agreements on schedule bids, scheduling technology, vacation bidding, 
and uh, banked sick pay for use under the Family Medical Leave Act of 1993. Um, also, on the side agreement for the character department, there are uh, some tentative agreements there as well. Of course, nothing has been uh, signed and will, nothing will be signed until the entire agreement is agreed, is approved by the membership. Um, in the meantime, the STCU has um, started promoting their WeAreDisney.info website, uh, which they've, they've subtitled an expose on the condition of service workers at Walt Disney World. So we'll see uh, if that has any effect or not. A group of environmental activists have... Uh, started a campaign to convince Walt Disney World to use certified green cleaning products and practices at all hotels. They've noted that Disney's using non-toxic cleaners at Disney's Animal Kingdom to protect the animals, and three of the hotels are also using green products, and they're trying to convince Disney to make the change at the rest of their hotels. Disney thus far has responded that they don't believe any product that would constitute a hazard to guests or workers would or render the company out of compliance with any uh, health, safety, environmental regulations are being purchased or used. So uh, I don't know if they're going to be making any changes as a result of that or not. But uh, there's that ongoing as we approach Earth Day on Sunday. And uh, last item that I'll mention here, there's other stuff in the park update, is that a new character greeting location will be opening in June at Epcot. Uh, the character spot in Interventions West is going to have five themed areas, uh, cartoon settings that depict transportation, space, energy, land, and communication. Boy, it sounds like a lot of the original Epcot pavilions. It's going to feature Mickey, Minnie, Goofy, Pluto, Chip, and Dale. Uh, which I believe are the characters that are currently at the meet and greet. Either that or Mickey may or may not be there. But uh, they're expecting that location to be open during Future World operational hours. And then one last bit of news that I just got today is some information about the Animal Kingdom villas. The existing Animal Kingdom Lodge is going to be referred to as Jumbo House, and the new annex they are building on the other side of the Sunset Savannah is called uh, is going to be called Kidani Village. Now, at Kidani Village, they are going to have a new restaurant called Sanaa, S-A-N-A-A. And the description says, indulge your senses. Sana'a, meaning work of art, defines the atmosphere and the cuisine at this restaurant with beautifully prepared food and an atmosphere simmering with style. Wait for your table in the comfortable 24-seat lounge that is adjacent to the spacious dining room. Savor breakfast and dinner here. Um, there's also going to be a pool bar, the Maji Pool Bar, where Maji means water. Uh, the name of the pool is the Samawadi Springs Pool, which is, of course, located at Kidani Village. Uh, it's going to be a zero-entry pool with a 
128-foot-long water slide. Plus, it will also have two whirlpool spas. They're going to have a barbecue pavilion, basketball and shuffleboard courts, a community hall for uh, DVC purposes, a resort store called Johari Treasures, a fitness center called the Survival of the Fittest Fitness Center, kind of cute there, near the pool, um, the Safari So Good Arcade. They're going to have a tennis court. They're going to have Yuanja Camp, uh, which is going to be, I guess, a playground. Yuanja means play area. It's going to have uh, elevated rope bridges, geyser jets, uh, waterfall lagoon, and uh, it's a playground themed as an animal observation site. So they've got uh, three areas, the base camp, the departure zone, and the observation station. Um, they've got different things for different age-specific groups. So that's the latest just found out about uh, Animal Kingdom, and that will be in next, next week's Walt Disney World Park update. And so all that information and more, aside from the breaking news for next week, is available online in the Walt Disney World Park update, which comes to you each week at mouseplanet.com. For more Walt Disney World news and information, check mouseplanet.com slash Walt Disney World. Back to you, Mike. And now let's see what's happening on the other coast with Andrew Rich down at Mouse Planet Global Headquarters. Thanks, guys, and hey, howdy, hey, everyone. Andrew Rich here with your Mouse Planet Disneyland Resort update for the week of April 16th through 22nd. The big story this week is about the world premiere of Pirates of the Caribbean 3 at World's End. Speculation was put to rest last week when the Walt Disney Studios announced that tickets to the premiere would be sold to the public for, get this, $1,500 per person, with proceeds benefiting the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America and Make-A-Wish International. Disney expects the event to raise $3 million for Make-A-Wish and places the fair market value of the admission package at $100, meaning guests may write off the $1,400 balance as a charitable contribution. This is the first time Disney has made tickets for the Pirates film premieres available for sale. For details of the ticket package, check mouseplanet.com Disneyland. The announcement also served as a confirmation that the premiere would be held at Disneyland on Saturday, May 19th, and the press release states that all of the stars from the film, including Johnny Depp, Orlando Bloom, and Kira Knightley, are scheduled to participate. And now that the premiere has been confirmed, the information we originally provided in February bears repeating. Disneyland is scheduled on Saturday, May 19th to open at 6.30 a.m. and close early at 5 p.m. DCA will open at 10 a.m. and close at 11 p.m. If you're planning to be at Disneyland on May 19th, you should know that this premiere is expected to impact several areas of the park. Much of Main Street will be blocked by the red carpet and related equipment. There are no performances of the Parade of Dreams. Guided tours may be modified or not offered at all that day. There will be no performance of Remember Dreams Come True Fireworks. Adventureland, Critter Country, Frontierland, and New Orleans Square will likely close around 3 p.m. to allow staff to begin setting up for the pre-movie dinner. The stage and screen for the premiere will be constructed on Tom Sawyer Island, which at this time is still closed for refurbishment. The Rivers of America waterfront area will be covered by the large risers needed to hold the audience, and the walkways through that area will be tight. The construction of the risers takes several days, so expect to see some activity during the week leading up to that event. If you're planning to visit Disneyland solely to watch the red carpet arrivals, be prepared for a long, hot day. 
Many like-minded fans will arrive right at park opening to stake out the best spots along the carpet. If stargazing isn't your cup of tea, you can take advantage of the light crowds in Fantasyland, Toontown, and Tomorrowland. These three lands remained opened until around 8 p.m. during the last event, and several readers reported that the major rides had almost no weight. Many Mouse Planet readers will be at Disneyland on May 19th, either attending the premiere or watching from along the red carpet. If you'd like to meet up with your fellow readers, we encourage you to join in the discussion on our Mousepad discussion boards. One last time for this reminder, Disneyland will close at 4 p.m. on Sunday, April 22nd for a private travel industry party. The park will open early that day at 6.30 a.m. The two performances of Walt Disney's Parade of Dreams will be at 12.45 and 3.45 p.m. Disney's California Adventure will be open from 10 a.m. until 11 p.m. with a performance of the Electrical Parade at 8.45. As that is also the last weekend that Southern California residents can purchase the discounted two-day park hopper, you can expect the resort to be extremely busy both days. We don't often encourage people to stay away from the resort, but this may be one of those times. High traffic days often have some redeeming feature about them to justify braving the crowds, extended hours, or additional entertainment. But this weekend looks to offer nothing more than a lot of people trying to do as much as possible in less time. While spring break season lasts through the end of April, the busiest weeks are now past, and the park is moving back towards normal off-season operating hours. Disneyland is open until 9 most weeknights through the end of April, with DCA closing one or two hours earlier each day. For most of May, Disneyland will close at 8 on weeknights, and DCA will close at 6. The summer season looks to begin June 1st, after which Disneyland will be open until 11 or midnight almost every day through August, with DCA closing at 8 or 9 every night. And here are the current and upcoming refurbishments and attraction closures for this week. At Disneyland, Splash Mountain, along with Professor Barnaby's Photography Studio, are closed through May 18th. The Mark Twain Riverboat is closed through May 25th. Tom Sawyer's Island is closed through May 24th, and Fantasmic will be dark through June 14th. Tarzan's Treehouse is closed through May 18th. Aladdin's Oasis will be dark April 30th through May 4th. The Disneyland Railroad will be closed May 7th through June 8th. Mr. Toad's Wild Ride will be closed May 14th through 18th, and then again June 4th through 7th. The Finding Nemo Submarine Voyage is still under construction and should open sometime in June or July. Over at Disney's California Adventure, Playhouse Disney Live on Stage will be closed May 29th through June 7th. And the Midway Games will close June 20th for an unknown duration, with Toy Story Mania under construction and due to open in 2008. Of course, all of these dates are subject to change without notice. And a few quick items for you to round out the update. Mouse Tales author and Mouse Planet columnist David Koenig delivers his Disneyland Back to 1955 multimedia presentation for free in Downey, California on Wednesday, April 18th. Details are at mouseplanet.com slash Disneyland. Tortilla Joe's in downtown Disney hosts a Sousa Tequila dinner on Tuesday, April 24th. The four-course menu is $55 per person plus tax and gratuity. Make reservations by calling 714-535-5000. Due to refurbishment of the queue ramp to the Indiana Jones Adventure, FastPass will not be offered April 16th through May 18th, and a temporary entrance near the normal exit will be used to access the attraction. And according to the Disneyland Resort website, California Screaming is scheduled to open at 1 p.m. Monday through Friday from April 30th through this fall due to construction for Toy Story Mania. That's all for this week. For the latest Disneyland Resort news and information, check mouseplanet.com slash Disneyland. For the mouseplanet.com podcast, this is Andrew Rich at Mouse Planet Global HQ. Mark and Mike, back to you. Thanks, Andrew. 
Mark, what's going on with the rest of the Walt Disney Company itself? Well, in an SEC filing last week, Disney offered to exchange the $323 million worth of backdated Pixar stock options granted to rank-and-file Pixar employees for options based on the actual granting date plus cash. The cash component, equal to the difference between the old option value and the new option value, would be paid next January and taxes would be withheld on the payout. The Pixar options were the subject of a federal investigation because the backdating of the options was not disclosed in Pixar's financial filings. The offer would only be good for options that were not yet exercised and only if the original prices were less than the fair market value for those shares on the date that they were issued. There were 15.5 million shares involved as of March 30th. The deal could cost Disney as much as $35.5 million, but it would make the whole backdating scandal go away quickly. In effect, it would let the employees keep the value of the options that they were originally granted, but the option value would be corrected and compensated with cash to even out all of the accounting discrepancies. In international news, Hong Kong Disneyland is celebrating the 10th anniversary of Hong Kong's return to China, by granting all children born in 1997 free admission to the park through the end of the year. That sounds like it's interesting. Disney has signed a series of deals to run Mickey Mouse Clubhouse in more than 80 territories outside the U.S., including the U.K., Ireland, Australia, New Zealand, Malaysia, Singapore, Korea, Fiji, Hong Kong, Germany, Italy, France, Spain, and Russia. Back in the UK, the TV network 5 has renewed its rights to Grey's Anatomy for standard broadcast and video on demand. Another video on demand deal was signed with Vidi Online Communications in Hong Kong, which is Disney's first video on demand agreement in Hong Kong. Vidi Online will get access to a variety of features from Disney's Walt Disney, Touchstone, and Miramax Studios. Disney's rolling out a new line of electronics for the summer season, including a dual-screen mobile DVD system for backseat harmony on road trips. They're also releasing new Mix Max and Mix Sticks video and MP3 players, and Disney Pix cameras, all featuring Hannah Montana and Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End themes. A new Disney Show Pix pocket photo album lets kids bring digital photos around with them. And what product release would be complete without home electronics? Featuring Pirates of the Caribbean, Disney Princess, and Cars themes on TVs, DVD players, boomboxes, clock radios, and so on. The products will be sold starting in May at all sorts of chain stores, including Best Buy, Target, Toys R Us, and Walmart, as well as DisneyShopping.com. While Disturbia won the box office race this weekend with $22.2 million, Meet the Robinsons hung in at number three, dropping 25% of its gross from last week, but still keeping ahead of all the other new movies opening this week. The $12.4 million this week brings its three-week total to $72.3 million. Holding on to seventh place with three new movies debuting above it, but The Reaping 300 and Grindhouse dropping past it, Wild Hogs pulled in $4.7 million, bringing its total to $152 million. Miramax's The Hoax hung on to 16th place with $1.4 million to up its total to $3.4 million. Miramax's The Lookout dropped from number 17th to 28th, and The Bridge to Terabithia continued its freefall, dropping from 28th place down to number 39 on its way to a likely five-figure gross next week. But Terabithia fans can look forward to the movie's DVD release already scheduled for June 19th.
Disney unveiled the 34 wedding dresses in its line of Kirstie Kelly for Disney's Fairytale Weddings gowns on Sunday evening at the New York Bridal Fashion Week event. The gowns, priced between $1,100 and $3,500, will be available at specialty boutiques to be announced in the near future. Additions to the line in the near future will include a maiden's collection for bridesmaids and jewels accessories. Plus sizes need not apply, though. All dresses are available only in sizes 2 to 14. Here's a rundown on the description of the six different princess looks. Cinderella, Once Upon a Time. Not so long ago, one girl dreamed of going to the ball and finding her prince. This famous fairy tale begins with a single wish, an exquisite dress, and the dream of a lifetime. Today, the timeless Cinderella tale comes alive with classic glamour. Silk tulle and duchess satin make these gowns fit for a true princess. Stunning touches of scattered crystal and silver threading sparkle and shine like the midnight sky. Sleeping Beauty. True love conquers all. With a single kiss, Sleeping Beauty's dream comes true. She finds her prince, falls in love, and discovers that she's already a real princess. Here, this classic tale is retold in regal fabrics of satin, chantilly, and netting. The theme of pretty romance rings true with beautiful touches of crystal and pearl embellishments, perfect for every princess. Snow White, the fairest of them all. The first to show us that true love lasts forever, Snow White finds her prince and claims her kingdom. This collection captures her gentle grace and beauty in exquisite silk, chiffon, and satin. Beads, pearls, and lovely appliques tell the story of sweet elegance and enduring love as this fairy tale comes true. Disney's Jasmine, follow your heart. I guess they have to say Disney's Jasmine because otherwise someone could call a line the Jasmine line and say that it's named after the spice. But a new world awaits Jasmine as she follows her heart and finds true love. Here, fairy tale wishes take flight and happily ever after becomes the greatest adventure. This enchanting collection reflects Jasmine's bohemian spirit. Gowns draped in chiffon and satin. Exotic details include clustered beadwork, applique lace, and just a touch of wanderlust. I'm not sure how you put wanderlust on a gown, but all right. Ariel, love changes everything. As Ariel soon finds when she places her heart above all else, Willing to cross oceans for love, for true love, Ariel discovers the world beyond the sea, all she dreamed it to be. This romantic collection tra- pays tribute to Ariel's oceanic home with touches of pearl beading and underwater imagery. Silk cascades and drapes for a sultry look that transcends time and two different worlds. Belle, the heart like a rose blossoms when loved. Open and true, Belle sees beyond the surface, making all that she casts her gaze upon beautiful. Guided by her heart, Belle finds her prince, breaks a spell, and claims her destiny. This story continues in stylish sophistication with ribbon and bands of satin. Here, taffeta and tulle blooms pay tribute to Belle's gracious spirit. With elegant details like scattered beading and lovely lace, this fairy tale lives on. And these can be yours for $1,100 to $3,500 a piece. If you want to take a look at them, the wedding dresses can now be seen at DisneyBridal.com. All you high school musical fans out there who are just dying for another high school musical piece of merchandise to buy, never fear! Disney's got more HSM for you as long as you're willing to keep buying it. 
On May 1st, Disney will be releasing High School Musical, the concert, CD plus DVD. The two-disc set, recorded during performances in Houston, features almost every song from the concert. Every song from the movie's soundtrack is there. Four solo numbers are included as well. Push It to the Limit by Corbin Blue, Say OK by Vanessa Hudgens, Dance With Me by Drew Seeley, who toured in the singing role of Troy in place of Zac Efron, and We'll Be Together by Ashley Tisdale. The second disc is a DVD featuring performances of five songs from the movie, plus a bunch of cast interviews. The two-disc set carries a suggested retail price of $18.98. But once you have your two-disc CD-DVD set, it'll be time to pre-order your Disney's High School Musical The Concert Extreme Access Pass DVD, which goes on sale June 26th. The DVD will feature four different camera angles that viewers can switch between using their DVD remote. There will also be behind-the-scenes moments with the cast members during the show and a concert countdown featurette. The full concert DVD is priced at $19.99, more than the two-disc set. And for our international listeners, those prices were in U.S. dollars. And finally, Disney's Beauty and the Beast on Broadway celebrated its 13th anniversary last night with a gathering of 125 past and present cast members on stage for a mass cast photo representing about half of the actors and actresses who have starred in the production over the years. The show will close for good on July 29th after 46 previews and 5,464 regular performances, the sixth longest run in Broadway history. The final cast includes Annalise Vanderpoel, best known as Chelsea from Disney Channel's Raven series, as Belle, John Tartaglia of Avenue Q, and lately Disney Channel's Johnny and the Sprites, as Lumiere, and Jonathan Freeman, best known to Disney fans as the voice of Jafar, as Cogsworth. Steve Blanchard, who has logged more performances as the Beast than any other actor, will make the final performance of that role. And that'll wrap it up for the Mouse Planet Watch this week. Let us know what you think of this news program. Email us at podcast at mouseplanet.com or call our toll-free feedback line at 1-866-939-2278. We've been talking about this for the last few weeks, and we'll be talking about it for a few more. We're taking a survey of our listeners, and we'd like to ask you to participate. It'll help us to learn more about you, no matter how long you've been a listener or how frequently you listen to the podcast. So please take a few minutes and stop by the podcast page at mouseplanet.com slash podcast. You'll find the listener survey link right near the top of the page. It'll take you about 10 minutes and you complete the survey anonymously. We're especially interested in your answers to the things that are most important to you about the podcast and any other comments about likes and dislikes that you might have. Thanks! Also, if you like the show, please go out to the iTunes podcast directory, give us a good rating, and vote on the helpfulness of the other ratings. The better our rating is, the more people will be able to find us and join our party. This is the next-to-last plug for my fundraising walk. I'm participating in the Walk America event for the March of Dimes. We're raising money to help prevent birth defects, premature birth, and infant mortality. Last year, we started raising money just four weeks before the event and managed to raise $2,525 for the cause. We started back at the beginning of February this year with a goal of $4,000, As we record, we're just under two weeks out from the event now, so we're really coming down to the wire. We've got a little over $900 to go, and I know that with your help, we can reach that goal. For more information on why I'm walking and how to donate, 
go to walkamerica.org slash DisneyDad. We'll have a link in the show notes. We'd like to thank West Coast correspondent Andrew Rich and sound editor and audio engineer Stephen Ang. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week with more news on Mouse Planet Watch. Thank you.